how many of you have been, I bet we all have, but been part of a club or a group or something where you had to have a unique identity or something about that, like uh, when I was in the army, uh, we all wore the same clothes, right? <laughs> we all wore a uniform. Um, and we would have patches on our uniforms that identified our unit. And then we had badges that would identify our accomplishments. And then we have little flags that would identify our experiences. Right? And we have, we have these things. And each one of those things that I wore gave me a sense of identity, a sense of pride, of something that I represented or something that I had accomplished. Have you ever received an acknowledgement for something you've accomplished? It could be a diploma, a certificate. It could be inclusion into a, uh, an elite club. It could be a, some type of, uh, maybe you got a tattoo and you and your friends all got the same tattoo. That means you're, you're part of and committed to each other. Maybe you and your spouse got matching tattoos. But we have these things in our life that identify, represent, and symbolize something. In our faith, there are these, uh, these things, that sacramentum, they're called sacraments. And we're going to talk about over the next two weeks, two unique sacraments that identify us as followers of Jesus. Now, what makes these sacraments different is that we aren't celebrating our own accomplishment. We're celebrating the accomplishment of Jesus and his acceptance of us into his identity because of his accomplishment. That's important to distinguish. So we're talking about two of these sacraments that no matter what your church history is, whatever denominational background you have, if it's within the line of, of Christian thinking, baptism is a significant part of someone's spiritual journey. Now there's debates and arguments over immersion and sprinkling and the age of acknowledgement and age of consent and age of understanding and the, and the method and, the, and whatever. But I think we can all agree that every faith, mar every denominational perspective, marks baptism as significant. And we're here to celebrate that today. We're going to talk about baptism this week. Next week, we're going to talk about the second sacrament, and that is communion. Now, one of these identifies you as a follower of Jesus, that you're all in with Jesus. And it's your own declaration of something that is going on inside of you. And the other is what sustains us in that declaration. That's its intent. These are traditions that have gone back thousands of years. The idea of baptism predates Christianity. Um, it's unique. It's, it's interesting to me that the idea of baptism is pervasive in the Christian world, but it's outside of church. It's pretty irrelevant. Um, that wasn't so in the time of Jesus. In the time of Jesus, first century and throughout Judaism, the idea of a ceremonial cleansing because of something being holy or a ceremonial cleansing because something is set apart or something has a new purpose or a, a cleansing that means you're identifying as something new or the symbolism of, of going underwater to, uh, to be an example of the death of an old life and a new life that's lived, that permeated around Jewish culture for thousands of years. But in our context, we don't have that cultural context to reference. 
Now, the word used in the New Testament to talk about baptism is a Greek word called baptizo. It literally means immerse. And just to give you an idea of uh, what that means, that word, that the use of that word extra biblically, so outside of the Bible in our ancient writings, there's one place I find very interesting that that word is found, and it is in an old pickle recipe. <laughs> interesting, huh? So if you want to make pickles, you baptizo cucumbers for a long time, and you get pickles. So that gives you an idea of what that word means. And I'm not, I'm not saying that as a proof text to, to argue that our way of baptism is the best by immersion. Uh, I, I, don't, I don't really think that's a useful argument. I think what's useful is the urgency of baptism. The urgency of saying my life is transformed and I want to identify with Jesus. So we do baptism here as a practice. Um, and we welcome you to celebrate in it today. We have a, we have, have a baptism today. Uh, Audrey Allen wants to be baptized, and I want to acknowledge Pastor Mike. He's here to uh, baptize his granddaughter, Audrey, today. Wow. Yeah, retired pastor, served faithfully in Eugene for a long time, and I hope you're honored today, sir. Thank you for the foundation you've laid um, in your family and just in the church in the Willamette Valley. Thank you. I love pastors, if you can't tell. <laughs> um, let's pray. Let's get into this. Heavenly Father, you're so good and gracious, and I thank you that you have brought us here today together in this moment for your purpose. You're doing something in each one of us all the time. I love the quote that says, God, you are doing a million things inside of us at any given time, and we might be aware of one or two of them. And I just praise you for these moments like today that we get to focus our hearts and our minds together on what you would have for us to draw us close to you, strengthen us in our faith, and empower us to go out to this world and be your church. We just declare that purpose today in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Um, those of you who don't know me, I'm Pastor Mike. I have the privilege of being the pastor of Village Church. We have been a church in the Willamette Valley for about 11 years, and we've been out here in Adair for about two uh, and we officially launched on uh, Easter of last year a new church. And so that's what we're seeing here, the fruition of that. We have a deep friendship and a, a family relationship with Capilla de Valle and their leadership, and we have for a long time. And uh, when we were talking about how can we work together, Family Sunday became one of the easy places for us to connect and celebrate together. So Kapia family, we love you, and we're so glad we get to share in this time and place together. It was interesting, most of our relationship with Kapia, we were a church without a facility, and you were a church without a facility, <laughs> and we just kind of commiserated on that together. Um, the chairs that you're sitting in uh, were gifted to Kapia de Valle by Suburban Christian Church, and because we had a building before they did, Kapia gifted those to us. <laughs> so thank you, Kapia, for these chairs <laughs> that we sit in today. We celebrate that. Um, and just deep personal friendships and sharing life together has been such a blessing. So thank you. Thank you. So today we're talking about baptism. When I think about baptism, I can't shake the scene from the movie, which might be one of the greatest soundtracks of all time for any movie, Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? Has anyone seen that? Right? It's such a great soundtrack, and Alison Krauss has a song on that movie. You probably know where I'm going with this. 
But you see the, you see the scene in the movie where uh, these three guys, this kind of vagrants walk, walk into this gathering of Christians and they're all dressed in white and they're all walking down to the river. Do you remember the song they're singing? We walk down to the river to pray and about that good old way and we the words, words and words show me the way, right? Such a great thing. All the words escape me. I even rehearsed it this morning, but here we go. That sign. And here's something that one of the characters says. It's Delmar. Remember Delmar? He's a goofball. He says, well, boys, I've been redeemed. The preacher done washed my sins and transgressions away. Just the straight and narrow from here on out. And heaven after that is my reward. Then he declares, Come on in, boys. The water is fine. <laughs> I think about that all the time because I'm going to say that today. <laughs> Spoiler alert. When we baptize Audrey, I am going to say, come on in. The water is fine. And now you know where that's coming from. And I, I'm telling you that now because if you've never been baptized, I want you to take this moment and think about it. Why? Why haven't you been baptized? And think about that and just make it personal as we're going through this explanation of baptism today. First, let's get into the, uh, this contested idea sometimes of baptism. I mentioned that in Hebrew tradition, the idea of baptism, ceremonial cleansing existed for thousands of years, and it's called a mikvah. A mikvah is a ceremonial cleansing, and they would, they would do a mikvah in a mikvah, or if it was a certain type of mikvah, it's called a mikvah. Can you guys say mikvah? <laughs> You got a hakana. In the mikvah, it was a ceremonial cleansing for many different things. If you ever did anything that was ceremonial unclean before you could enter the temple, um, and is everything from um, giving birth to menstrual cycle to um, handling a type of animal, uh, touching something dead, there was a, a ceremony you had to go through to get cleansed, and a priest had to oversee it, a rabbi had to oversee it. And it was a way for you to get holy before you could approach the temple. It even went so far that as they were building the temple, the construction workers had to take their tools and their whole bodies and ceremonial cleanse, ceremonially cleanse them before they could approach working on the structure of rebuilding the temple or building a temple. So this tradition existed, <coughs> existed within Jewish thought all the time. And that's a mikvah. Also, in any given, you know, in Jewish history, they had denominations, true. They just had different rabbis that had different spins and different oral traditions and different takes on how to live out the Levitical law. And when you identified with as the follower of a specific rabbi, you were baptized into that rabbi's teaching. And therefore, everyone else that was baptized into that rabbi's teaching was your brother and sister under the teaching of the name of, name of the rabbi. Um, and so there was that type of baptism. You're baptized into a community. And that, that's where the belonging comes from. This declaration that says, this is what I'm going to follow. Since we are not, what you say, a cult, <laughs> we aren't baptized into Mike's teaching. We're all baptized into the teachings of Jesus. And so when we're baptized, we're baptized into God's church. There's different expressions and different nuances of God's church, but we are baptized into Jesus 
And that's what makes us brothers and sisters. He is our rabbi. He is our teacher. If I ever teach anything from here that is not, is contradictory to what Jesus is teaching, I'm failing. If I ever say something new, run. Like, uh, all I do is I get the privilege of taking what Jesus taught and sharing it with you. So we are baptized into the teachings of Jesus together. And that together unifies us. That's why it's important that as we as believers and we're congregating at a place, in a time, in a community, that we acknowledge we belong to one another. There's a connection that we have. And we celebrate that together. And that's when we worship. My favorite thing about worship, even though our band is really good, our singers are really gifted, my favorite thing is when I hear the whole church singing. Because that screams that we're unified under Christ. And that strengthens me and affirms the foundations of my faith. So when we are baptized, we're baptized into Christ. Let's look what the Bible says. John the baptizer talked about in, in Mark 1 and Luke 3, talked about a mikvah of repentance and forgiveness of sin. Now he introduces this. Instead of a ceremonial cleansing, this has a purpose for restoration of our relationship with God. Because we learned that in, in, in uh, Jer- uh, Jeremiah 34, we learned that what identifies God's people is that he forgives us, right? And so for us to have that relationship with Jesus, that relationship with God, we have to claim Jesus' judgment and declaration that we are forgiven, that we are his people and we are restored unto righteousness. And for us to do that, we have to repent, confess and repent. And that's how we receive the forgiveness that's already been given. And John introduces baptism as a repentance for sin and opens up a whole new meaning for what baptism can do. Is identifying as death to an old life and a new life emerged. And Jesus talks about this when Jesus is approached and and, uh, Jesus is healing and the masses come to be healed by Jesus and he goes away. And his disciples said, there's people coming to be healed. Where are you going? I must go to the next town to preach the kingdom of heaven. That's why I was sent. He was sent to preach and invite people into this new way of life, this new way to be human, this new way to exist that is using God's kingdom as our core economy and values and perspective, not the ways of the world. And that is universally true for all of us, no matter what our age. We all come to a place where we have to decide, am I going to follow the kingdom of the world which my heart kind of wants to, my heart, my self-centeredness drives me to comfort, drives me to pleasure, helps me avoid pain, wants me to, to find connection and community, and so you'll sacrifice just about anything to be accepted and be community with somebody. This is kind of where your, your brain is at from 15 to 25 years old. You care way more about what your peers think than anyone else. We all did. I like the saying that when you're, your first 20 years, you're obsessed with what, with, with what other people th- think about you. Your second 20 years, you're wrestling and declaring that I don't care what other people think about me. And then your third 20 years and on, you realize that no one's really thinking about you. 
right? We laugh because it's true. But we long to belong. And Jesus, God wrote that in us. He wrote a need for one another inside of us, and he gives us the place to belong. And that's a group of people that are baptized into the life of following Jesus. So the other thing that immersion tells us about baptism is it's a symbol of being all in, completely immersed. Now, let me, let me be clear. I am not advocating for a denominational right or wrong. I'm just telling you one thing that this symbolizes is that your old life is gone and there's no halfway. There's no partially following Jesus. Now, I was raised in a, in a Catholic church and, uh, well, I should say, I was raised in a family that attended Catholic services once in a while, and our name was on a list at a Catholic church. And uh, I didn't know what it meant to follow Jesus, but I knew that there was a God and there was a Bible. And when I was baptized, it was the, it was the stark revelation inside my mind and my heart that what Jesus was saying, what the Bible was saying, that it meant to follow him, and what I was doing were different things. Because there's no such thing as following Jesus once a week. That's not a thing. That doesn't, that's not following anyone. And I, yes, the question, if I say I'm following Jesus, where am I going that he went before me. That's what it means to follow. And baptism is that declaration that says, I am gonna follow Jesus unto the death of my old life. And following him means a new life. That's such good news. That's such good news because look what your old life gets you. Guilt, shame, fear, anxiety. Why? Because God has written his word in your heart and we have a conscience. We have the Holy Spirit in us that convicts us and gives us strength and power to overcome. So we identify with Jesus when we're baptized. In Acts 2, we see the church starting to form and Peter introduces baptism into Jesus in the church context. Acts 2, verse 38 says, And Peter said to him, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now, we can't read this as a guarantee and a transaction. Jewish thought didn't work that way. And it would, this would mean that uh, our, our salvation would be a, an accomplishment of our own. But we read this as when we choose to go all in with Jesus, we are blessed to be cleansed from our sin and get a new life. If you notice, every time Jesus healed someone, he says some version of, now go and worship and go and sin no more. Go and live a holy life. Pursue something different than you were pursuing before you went all in with me. That's the gift of Jesus. Ephesians 4, verses 4 through 6 says this. There is one body, one spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. So in, 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 this is in this discussion of people saying, well, I was baptized into this rabbi, and he was baptized into that rabbi. Which baptism is better? And Jesus is saying, you were all baptized into Jesus. You're all baptized into me. So that is what unifies us. 
And I would say that if you were baptized in a different church, and I have that question come often, like, can my membership be transferred from another church to this church? We don't operate that way. If you had an experience with God where you gave your life and you went all in with Jesus, we honor that. We respect that. We want to breathe life and hope into that. There's no new hoops you have to jump through. That would just be denominational baggage. We'd be weighing you down. God knows what he's doing with your heart. I want to encourage you to go all in with him. Some of you, maybe, maybe some of you, I don't know. Maybe you've been attending church for a long time. And you've been doing religious activities for a long time. But maybe your faith is really only a show on the weekends. Maybe it's only where you go in desperation. I want to encourage you. That is not what it means to follow Jesus. And that's why life feels empty. That's why the thing that you're longing for God to satisfy is never satisfying because you're looking at God as the one who completes the transaction that you're trying to get him to do by giving him some religious goods or devotion. I want to encourage you to go all in with Jesus. All in with Jesus means that when gossip comes to your ears, you kill it. All in with Jesus means that when when temptation comes, you fight it. All in with Jesus means you care about your neighbor as yourself. When Jesus is asked the two, what is the greatest commandment of all? These uh, pharisaical teachers are trying to trap him and trick him. Because if he said one was was better, they would criticize him for uh, going against another rabbi or what, what another rabbi said because there's contradictory teachings out there. And Jesus gives what we call the great commandment. And he says, love the Lord your God with all your heart, your mind, your soul, and your strength. Now, this is the introduction to a prayer uh, that Jews have been saying for thousands of years, and they still say it today. Every morning and every evening, they start their day with a prayer called the Shema. And this prayer starts with, love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. Oh, hear, O Israel, love the Lord your God with everything you are. The word Shema, it's an interesting word. It means, uh, we translate it in our New Testament into the Greek and then into English of obey. Obey. But in, in Hebrew, it would be a new idea that we don't have a word for in English. And uh, you could say, sometimes it's translated as listen, 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 listen. Parents, you ever had that moment with your child? where you grab their head and you say, listen to me, (laughs) right? That's kind of what it, it, it's, it's these words will do work in your heart that will cause you to change if you take them in and let them do the work inside of you. That's Shema. Let these words do the work inside of you. Receive them, listen. So when we, so that's the great commandment. And then we have the great commission that Jesus, before he ascends, he tells his disciples, he gives us all marching orders. This is the great commission, which we are all commissioned with Jesus. That's what baptism uh, represents, is I'm going to be commissioned. I'm going all in with Jesus. And the commission 
is to go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey all that I have commanded you. But don't fear, for I'm with you to the very end of the age. Teaching them to obey. Shema. Listen, listen, listen. Let's let the words of Jesus do the work in our heart to transform us into what he has created us to be, forgiven and free, not held back by shame and guilt and fear. And if you're a teacher of the gospel, if you're a parent, you're a teacher of the gospel. Did you know that? And you're either doing a really bad job or you're doing a good job. Right? Because all of us have parent issues, right? And we look back at our parents. We can thank our parents, no matter what kind of parents you had, because you can decide either they showed you the way to do something or a way not to do something. Right? You can receive it either way as you uh, shema, as you hear the words of Jesus, as you're transformed, you can claim truth and identity and be renewed and restored. Baptism symbolizes all in. And I want to invite you to go all in today. Next week, we're going to be talking about one of the, the second sacrament, and that is communion. So as we go all in with Jesus with baptism, um, that is what kind of gets, gets us going in that direction. And then communion is a regular rhythm, spiritual rhythm that we do to sustain us in that with the same calling, the same conviction of Jesus. I asked you in the beginning of service to consider, are you all in with Jesus? And if you feel convicted, that's a gift from God. If you feel like you've been halfway in, that's your loving Father, your loving Savior, calling you to himself. I tell you, this is personal for me because I was halfway in for a long time. And it's not until I took that step of faith to say I can't be halfway in. There's no such thing. And I'm going to go all in. And then I was baptized. So I'm going to invite you and just tell you, come on in, boys. The water's fine. The water's fine.